Please be advised that this episode contains content that may not be appropriate for all ages. It seems like most parents think about how they're going to handle the baby phase. And then we're all thrown into the toddler phase and we don't know what to expect and we just deal with it. And we talk a lot about it. And there's a lot of discussion in books that are written about the teen years too. But there's a crucial, quite awkward phase between toddler and teen. And it's crucial because how we parent from age five to 12 sets the stage for a kid's independence and probably their self-esteem too. In this episode, I answer parents' questions about what to do about issues that come up with kids' emerging independence. They aren't a baby anymore, but they also can't make dinner. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. A great mom I know, she has three kids, that they're like right in these elementary school ages. And she asked me two really good questions this past week about when to let their kids do certain things. Here's the first one. How old does my child need to be to sit in the front seat of the car? The very short answer, and the one I'll give you if I see you in clinic, is that the earliest I would put a kid up front in the car is about age 13. But I would also say to keep them in the backseat as long as possible. It's just so much safer. Airbags are extremely damaging to people in an accident, but even if the airbag is turned off, the statistics on injuries in the front versus the back seat is really compelling. Honestly, I don't even want to drive in the front seat. Sitting up front is not a matter of height or weight. It's a matter of skeletal maturity, and that kind of depends on when a kid goes through puberty, so it's still not really an age. I had one doctor tell me that even a 300-pound 10-year-old, and yes, I have seen those, is not allowed to sit in the front seat because his growth plates are still open. It also depends on who your mom is. A pediatrician is gonna let their 12 or 13 year old sit up front, but an ER doctor from a level one trauma center, their kids are in five point harnesses until they can drive themselves. The other important part of this discussion is that parents are taking their kids out of seat belt positioning boosters way too young. Don't call it a booster seat in front of your kid. Call it something like a seat belt positioner because that's really what it is. I know your kids are begging and none of their friends are in booster seats, but technically they should be until they're about nine years old and at least four foot nine and 80 pounds. But if you want to prove this to your kid, have them take this test. They have to meet the following criteria. First, they have to be able to put their back and their bum against the back of the seat comfortably with their knees bent over the seat at the same time without slouching. Then the lap belt needs to go across their hip bones, not their stomach. And then their shoulder strap, it has to cross the center of the clavicle, also known as the collarbone, and not be too close to the neck. If a child can sit on the back seat and the belt is positioned like this, they can ditch their booster seat. As soon as you settle this issue, your kids are going to ask for more grown-up independence. Here's this mom's next question. What is the appropriate age to leave your child at home alone? This is a really important question because kids need to gradually learn independence before they go off to college or move out. And leaving them home alone is a great way to do this. Kids need responsibility more than today's society suggests. It's tough now though, because a lot of parents who ask me about this, they leave their kids staying home alone. And then they're asking because they left a child briefly and then they were talking about it in front of other parents and those other parents criticized them. But I applaud you. 
you knew your kid was ready and you let them try, even if just for a short period of time. But first, what does the law say? The age range is from 6 to 14 across all the different states, but most states don't specify. There's actually a cool map that shows every state's laws. You can do an internet search for what age can a child stay home alone by state, and you'll see a map and details of each state. It's actually really cool. The most interesting state is Illinois. The law as it is written in Illinois is vague, and it leaves room for interpretation, but it says age 14 can't be left home for an extended period of time. And it's because someone in St. Charles, Illinois, about 25 years ago, left their nine and seven-year-olds home alone for a week while they went on vacation to Mexico. So now the state needs a leg to stand on to charge someone with child endangerment if there's a case like this again. But Illinois is an outlier. Most states don't specify an age, so it leaves it up to you. When you leave your child home alone, it's going to be dependent on the child. And it's not like you're leaving for vacation the first time they're home alone. Start with just 15 minutes, then try 30 minutes. And before you leave a kid home alone, start by slowly fostering independence, like check on them less at home and teach them how to use the phone or FaceTime on their iPad. You also should introduce them to your trusted neighbors and make sure they know how to contact them. If you're nervous, have your kids take a babysitting course somewhere like the Red Cross before you leave them home alone. All right, what other things should you consider? Some kids are not going to feel comfortable staying home alone until they're like 14 or 15, and so that's going to depend on their personality. Obviously, kids need to have good judgment and follow your safety rules, so be sure to clarify the rules. Are they allowed to go outside? Are they allowed to use the oven? Can they cook? Can they answer the door? Are they allowed to chat with friends online when they're home alone? Should they specifically be told not to tell anyone they're home alone? When I've asked other pediatricians their experience with this, I loved that one friend said, my nine-year-old daughter, yeah, no problem for an hour, but my boys, hopefully they'll be ready by age 35. Another friend suggested this book. It's called How to Raise an Adult. She highly recommends this book to learn strategies for preparing kids for future success. And my favorite response, and I think this sums up my advice on this subject, my friend said, our sheriff said, and I quote, when they're old enough to make themselves a sandwich. Staying home alone and riding in the front seat are big milestones in the middle kid years. And the one other is sleepovers. For good reason, a lot of parents ban sleepovers until kids are much older. And this question is related to that issue. I got this question from a parent who wants to remain anonymous. And I really appreciate this question. Here it is. Hi, I have a boy's sexuality question. I have an eight-year-old son who's been hanging out a lot with one of his BFFs, who's also eight years old. They had a few sleepovers in our house and a few at the other boy's house too. My son was acting secretive and I was able to get the reason behind it. He confided that he and the boy show each other their private parts and touch each other. My son was embarrassed and didn't want to tell me more. When I asked why, he said that he liked it. What do I do? This BFF lives just a few houses down and goes to the same school. I know his parents and could have an open discussion with them, but I don't want it to backfire. Plus, I promised my son I wouldn't tell anyone. This might be the toughest position a parent has ever put in. You want to support your child. You're proud they shared with you and you don't want to make them feel bad. But you also want to protect your child and be sure the other child isn't being abused elsewhere. And what do you do about the other parents? First of all, 
This is not an event that is mandated to be reported, largely because the kids are the same age. So you don't need to do anything on the legal front. However, if there is a larger age difference, an event like this might be reportable. There are grids available that you can consult regarding ages. So just look that up online. Next, approaching your child. You want to let your child know it's normal to be curious about your body at this age, but that touching another person's genitals or having another person touch his genitals is something that should only happen when he's older. You can say, I know it feels good in your body, but it can feel very complicated and sometimes bad for some children in their feelings. Let him know it's fine to touch his own genitals in private, which will feel good in his body, and it doesn't need to involve any complicated or bad feelings. This is also a good opportunity to repeat what you've said all along and to help him understand why you might need to talk to the other boy's parents. You might say something like, you know, we've talked since you were little about who can look at your private areas, like us parents when we're helping you clean and doctors who take care of your health. You can also remind him that if anybody else has been looking at or touching his body, that he can tell you without getting in trouble and you'll always believe him. Your son also needs to know that they can trust you but you probably need to talk to the other parents. So talk with your son to let him know that you do need to talk to the friend's parents so they can make sure that nothing bad is happening to his friend. Say something like, I want to make sure your friend is okay and no one has been touching him who shouldn't be. I'd like to tell his parents so they can talk to him and make sure he's okay. I mean, not only would I want to know as the other parent, but there's potentially something happening to this other kid. He may have been touched by somebody else, but he also might be exposed to inappropriate materials. It's common to see kids who are inappropriately exploring have access to unmonitored screen time, and they may be watching more adult-themed things like music videos and TV shows, maybe even YouTube videos. Lots of sexual pictures, dance moves, grabbing genitals, you never know what they're going to see online or on the television. And his parents may let him be exposed to things that you tend to keep away from your own child. It's probably worth having a conversation with them. Also, be aware that since this was two boys, there are parents who might punish their son or think he's gay and punish him for that. So you need to make a judgment call before you talk to the parents about whether you think they're punitive or judgmental in this way. There are two other things that are important to understand about kids' development that are relevant to this situation. Developmental specialists know that looking at and touching a friend's genitals is a common behavior in young kids, but it decreases in frequency after age six. So for an eight-year-old, there's a more significant likelihood that it indicates some sort of exposure to adult sexual behavior. The other thing is that age eight is an age where kids can't tell the difference between who is a friend and who might be persuading them to do things they don't want to do. So this is a good opportunity to have a conversation that if your son isn't sure about something, it's okay to say no or just leave. And you should point out that some people are friends and some people pretend to be your friend to get something from you. This is also a good time to let your child know that if he has any questions about his body or others, please feel free to ask you and you'll do your best to help answer. Which brings me to my book list because you don't have to do this alone. My favorite series and the ones I used with my kids are these three books for different age levels. There's one, it's called It's Not the Stork, It's So Amazing, and It's Perfectly Normal. Those are the three books in the series. They start at age four, and then one of the books is for over seven, and one is for over age 10. A lot of pediatricians also recommend the book, Where Did I Come From? And Sex is a Funny Word, a book about bodies, feelings, and you, which are good for age eight to 11. And for older kids, like age 13 to 14, 
There's a book called 30 Days of Sex Talks. That's great. This series also has a book for age three to seven and the middle ages. It's great because it gives you topics and prompts to discuss and fill in with your family's beliefs and values. And then lastly, if you need to start discussing pornography with your child, there's a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures that I recommend. A list like this is never complete without mentioning the book Guy Stuff, the body book for boys, and its companion, The Care and Keeping of You, which is for girls, and my daughter kept on her bedside table for like five years. You can find links for all of these titles through the link to my shop page in the show notes. Talking about sex and kids' bodies can be really uncomfortable. I appreciate this mother for asking the question. If you have a question about your kid's health and you don't know who to ask, send me a message on Instagram or through my website, drwendyhunter.com. Your question is probably one that lots of families are struggling with, so please share and help others. If you found this episode useful, send it to a friend and be sure to leave me a review. Thanks. For more from the pediatrician next door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.